This is episode 144 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Cher Kretz, and today you get to listen in on a conversation that I had with Christina Torres. Christina Torres is a teacher and she is the creator of The Thinking Mat. The Thinking Mat is a simple three-step conflict resolution mat that she developed to help children solve problems and to empower them to think with their heart and not just with their mind. This is right up my alley, obviously. I love helping children solve conflicts in a way that's solution-focused. This mat has already gotten to a lot of use with the kids that I work with. I can't wait for you to hear more about it. Before we get into that, if you're new to this program, welcome. Don't forget to hit subscribe or download so you don't miss any of the family-oriented content that I put out for you each and every week. And jump over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com, if you want to learn about all of the different things that we have going on and to join our Hope Notes community where I send out in an email each month special notes and special things that will help encourage you in your journey with your family. So let's get started. Welcome to Parenting with the Focused Mindset. I'm your host, Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. I know that raising kids is quite the journey and doesn't always turn out as we planned. Here, we talk about the solution-focused approach. We learn how to celebrate when things are going well and how to deal with the many challenges that families face. Don't forget to hit subscribe, download, follow, so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you right here each and every week. Listening to this podcast will help you be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest. I have Christina Torres. Christina Torres is the founder of Thinking Mats at thinkingmats.com. That's mat like a yoga mat. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about this wonderful conflict resolution tool that you might want to use either in your home or your school. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, we ran across each other at a conference that we were mutually at, and I immediately fell in love with these mats. And I know you guys are going to have to picture them, but if you want to actually see what they look like, just jump over to thinkingmats.com and then you can see what I'm talking about. But you developed a mat that lays on the ground, rolls up, and then you can just lay out on the ground, right? To help kids resolve conflicts. Am I right? Absolutely. Yes. Why don't, why don't we start? Yeah. Tell me all about it. Yeah, so we are all about empowering kids to become their own problem solvers. Um, I've been a kindergarten teacher for many, many years. And throughout my years, I've discovered that kids are better problem solvers than us as adults. You know, they're ready to get to that solution. And so with that, I created the um, thinking mats. Take me back to before this even existed. Tell me about how this was a brainchild of yours. I mean, how did it come about and why, you know, just give, give me your, uh, your story, if you will, of how this all came. 
Sure. Um, so I was a kindergarten teacher and I found myself um, handling these situations a lot and feeling like I wasn't getting any teaching done. Um, and I remember driving home one day, you know, after solving all of these little kids' problems and running from one situation to the other and, and giving them almost like a line order number, like after I get to them and them and them, I'll come back and I'll help you. And I was driving home one day and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really serving any of these kids. And like, it would be great if they could you know, help themselves. This would be a great tool and skill for them to have, um, not only in the classroom, but in life. And so I went home and I was racking my brain and um, I ended up making it on PowerPoint Yeah. and creating it out of paper. And it was, I taped the whole thing together and I in introduced it to the classroom and I said, okay, Ms. Torres is not going to handle the problems anymore. <laughs> Anytime you have a problem, you have to go and use this mat. And I showed him how to use it. And lo and behold, kids are over there, like using it on their own. And I was so excited. I ran to the next classroom and I grabbed um, my teacher, Bestie, and I said, come look, they're using it. They're using it. And um, at the end of the day, the paper had been ripped. Um, and so you would find me every single day gluing that thing back together. <laughs> and um, I was so invested in it. And then um, it became to a point where I would have teachers stop in and they would see two kids standing over having a conversation and they're like, what's going on over there? And I'm like, oh, they're just solving their own problems. And they're like, yeah. And so they would go and they would look and, and they're like, that's amazing. I want one. And so that's how the little uh, baby got born. <laughs> yeah. I could just picture you going, okay, I got to repair this thing before I go home. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to everybody kind of what this, what, what we're envisioning. So in case they aren't able to jump on the computer, what, what does this mat look like? Okay, so it's a three by four yoga mat that you can place anywhere in the classroom or even at home. And on, um, it's got six little boxes, three across, another set facing the other side. And the students physically walk through the process of solving their problem. So on opposite ends, they have pictures and words that start with step one. It says, what happened? And it's got two little kids with their hands up looking at each other, what happened? And we create it so it's very visual based because we're all about getting the little ones to be able to be independent when they solve their problems. So we have them read the pictures what happened, they both get a turn explaining their side of the story. And then after that, they move over to step two and we've got these little emojis and they either point or tell how it made them feel. And then they move over to step three and they have to come up with a solution that they both agree upon. So this is where the collaboration between both parties um, gets to decide how are they gonna walk away with solving their problem? I think that's so cool because, I mean, for many reasons, but also because they can physically have a first step of actually voicing it and respecting each other enough to listen to the problem. And then they're respecting each other again, being very respectful of saying how it made them feel. 
And that then leads them to that place of a solution. Because if we jump straight to solution mode, they haven't gone through kind of like the restoration process to figure out what, you know, how they can kind of move to a place where they can cooperate. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, book by Dan Siegel. I think if I remember correctly, it's whole brain parenting. But one of the um, uh, statements he makes is that kids have to name the feeling in order to tame that feeling. And so that's a big part of that second step is naming how they feel, um, because once they name it, they tame it and then they go straight into solution mode. Another thing is, you know, it's so important that we get our little ones um, we're using this mat as early as possible because we find out once you get into that first, second grade, they tend to need a little bit more help from an adult because they get stuck in step one where they just want to keep going back and forth of what happened. And so the teacher kind of has to get them over to step two by validating that they've both been heard. Um, but when we get these little ones early on, they've got the practice and they go straight into solution mode. And so that's what we're really hoping for. So you, so I know that you have two developed mats. One is for young children, like third and younger. And then one is geared more towards your fourth and older type kids. But the one that you developed for the younger kids, how young have you used it and seen it work? At, at what's, what, what do you think is like the earliest age that you've seen it work? Yeah, we know um, preschools are using it and, and pre-Ks. So as soon as they're able to start talking, um, that's the age where, you know, we can bring them over with mom or that friend. And, and kind of walking them through that practice. Yeah. So we've got preschools that are using the mat. I mean, here's the thing. It's like conflict is a part of life. They are, you're going to, you're going to have to learn to resolve conflicts. We love seeing our kids use it. We love hearing the positive feedback on how it's transformed teachers' classrooms. It's allowing them to get back to teaching. Um, we love hearing the feedback from parents saying that they're getting to hear their kids in a different way and they're working out their problems and, and it's becoming more solution-based than um, going back in the battle of what happened. Yeah, I know that that's one of the biggest problems when we're dealing with kids is just the bickering. You know, they just want to bicker and they just want to be like, but they said this. No, I didn't say this. I was not. And it wasn't fair. And it's just it can make your head spin. <laughs> you know, and you just get to a point where you're just like, go figure it out. And I mean, it's kind of like with this mat, you can say, go figure it out and they can actually go figure it out. So Talk to me a little bit about how this bridges the gap between just teaching them the concept and them actually doing it themselves. I love that you say that because with all the teachers that we engage with, um, different conferences that we've attended, you know, with admin and parents, one of the things is everybody, you know, says, oh, that we use that, um, we use that talk in our class, or that's what I do when I'm working with the students. 
And um, we, you know, me as a classroom teacher, we teach Second Step, which is a great SEL, social emotional curriculum. But the hole that I was having in it is that kids weren't able to practice it in real time. The teacher facilitates it, you know, the adult leads it, but then there was no applicable, you know, application, there was no application to it. And so that's where this mat really comes in. It lets them practice it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. And they can pretty much, I can imagine, um, I haven't got mine yet, so I'm so excited to even be talking to you, but um, the, I can imagine that after a little while, they can go over and do that without any assistance from the teacher, right? Have you recognized any situation like that? Absolutely. And I can't tell you how like immediate it is. As soon as we introduce it, I mean, they immediately want to go over there and, and start using it. And so there's sometimes where you'll, you know, walk over and you'll just see two kids having that conversation um, or even, you know, a group of kids talking it out and walking through the situation itself. Um, so it, it it's such a wonderful feeling. And I do get chills every time I see them coming to their own resolution, whether it's rock, paper, scissors at the end, or giving each other a fist bump and walking off and going to play and never needing any help from, from an adult. So yeah. that's, that, that's such a great feeling to have. We're going to have yard duty and noon duty aids all over the place going, where has this been all of my life? <laughs> And I do want to add, we just came out with um, our playground decal. So it's easy to install, but it's a little bit bigger. Um, so the footprints and the size of it is a little bit bigger, um, but it's a peel and stick onto the asphalt or the recess, um, you know, concrete. It um, it almost looks like it's painted on the playground and it la it's weatherproof. So it lasts in, you know, snow, rain, um, you know, kids can ride their bikes over it and it's going to be good for a while. And um, yeah, we're super excited about it because we have one on our playground. And let me tell you, it gets used a lot. Um, yeah. We came up with it because teachers were recognizing that, you know, it works so well in the classroom and we're having issues out on the recess playground. So teachers were physically bringing out their mats. And so now teachers don't have to because they're out on our playgrounds. That's really smart because honestly, that is when the majority of the conflict happens and the tattling and all of that stuff. It's when they're in their own social world and they're trying to figure it out. And there's a, a dispute on the handball court or there's a dispute when they're trying to play soccer and, you know, it gets out of hand. And by the time I hear about it, you know, they're hating each other. <laughs> so this is kind of starting to just spread, right? Tell me some of the stories you've heard about uh, people that are using it. Um, so, you know, one of the great things or, you know, wonderful things is we've been getting a lot of parent feedback and saying, you know, we don't have a mat at home, but my kid is coming home and either making one or they're coming home and they're teaching us how to solve our problems at home. And wow. That is so great to hear because um, we just want this to spread because we know how empowering it is when kids have their own voice and they're using it to advocate for themselves. And I always say, just imagine what the world would look like if we had all these problem solvers and these kids who knew 
who how to communicate by using their voice. Um, and so that's a wonderful thing. You know, um, we're in 10 states as of now. We hope to be in a lot more, um, but we're just this little uh, growing uh, company that's so excited and that's ran by teachers, classroom teachers who use it. And I think that's the difference between us and, and most companies is that we use, we are teachers, we know what kids need, we know what's good for kids, we know what parents want, and and, and that I think is the big differentiator between us and, and, and a lot of other companies out there. I think you're absolutely right, because I I told you, I was like, you know, I walk around and see these kind of things all the time. We did this huge, a bunch of research over the summer in our um, in, in our district looking for the right curriculum for us to use and the right things for us to put out there. And it always bothered me when I got a corporate feel. You know, when I got a, it, I got to feel like some people just got together and said, oh, this must be what works. And you're thinking, are you have you ever actually worked with kids at all? Right away when I started because uh, uh, I got to actually see the mats firsthand, I was like, this is exactly how kids learn. They learn by doing it and they can't just do it because it pops into their brain. They need a they need some kind of visual. They need some kind of tool to help them along the way, but see, they're still empowered because when we teach them, yeah, we're teaching them. But the problem is, is once they're out on the playground, they're like, oh, what did the teacher, oh, they're in their own social world. Oh, what did the teacher say? Oh, what was that? What was that next step? They don't, they want to do it themselves, but they don't actually have that inside their brain as an automatic response yet. And there's a huge disconnect because of that. Absolutely. And one of the things as a classroom teacher, um, you know, coming back into the classroom after the pandemic is that our kids were stunted for those two years of not not having the ability to either continue their communication skills or learn those communication skills. And so they need a lot of practice right now. And so this has been a saving grace for all of us who have it in our class, because it's allowing teachers to get back to teaching, but still meeting our kids' needs and where they're at. They need this practice. And so we feel so good sending our kids off to the next grade because they have the skill to last them, you know, moving yeah. on to the other grades. Um, and then I think the other thing I just want to touch is I love when a new teacher gets their mat because the first message we get is it really works. <laughs> and we're yeah. like, yes, it does. It really works. <laughs> no, you couldn't have said it better though. I mean, there is no mistaking that it was really, really rough when we came back from the pandemic. I mean, we try and downplay it because we're like, you know what, we are in it and we're back at school and yay. But the heavy stress load that the teachers had coming back to school because of that gap you're talking about, it wasn't only the learning gap. It was the social learning gap. The social skills were lacking. And you're right. The pressure that I saw in the teachers was like something I've never, ever seen before. And so 
to have something that they can fill in that important gap and get back to learning. I'm just, I was so touched by the way that you said that. I'm in the elementary world where they'll be like, I'm not used to having a fifth grader that doesn't know these skills. And you think, well, during the time when we learned those skills, they were at home doing the best they could with what they had. So, you know, as teachers too, it gives us that sacred space to connect with our students. You know, um, there'll be times where I go over there with a student to solve a problem or just to connect with them because I see that they're having that off day and bringing a student over to the mat and to say, you know, what happened or how do you feel or how can we work together um, has made a huge difference in our classroom environment and building that community. You know, community is so important these days. Um, One of the things that, you know, I learned um, being very involved in a lot of situations happening in different states, our school active shooters, they were all disenfranchised from their school community. Once you're disenfranchised from your school community, that can bring on um, a life of its own where they were coming back to retaliate. We, we, we don't yeah. know, but it's something to be said about that. And so we really need to let everybody know you all belong. You all um, deserve to be he- be heard. And we all collectively are a team. Our, yeah. our classroom is, is a, a team, a family, a unit. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know the depth of the type of communication that some kids, they need to work it out. They can't just keep all that up in their head. They have to be able to work it out through communicating and through being able to solve problems and understand that whole process. Um, Dr. Linda Medcalf works where there's there was a the active shooter was recently, and she talked about how much of her school district started talking immediately about safety. And we're going to have clear backpacks and we're going to have more people watching doors, things like that. And she's the one saying, wait a minute, we need to help them in their heart. We need to help them in their mind. We need to help them with their communication where they feel heard and they feel validated and they feel cared about. So these tools are bigger than just solving problems. You know, it is actually the things that we need for kids to feel connected there's a lot of good use for computers. No, no doubt about it. You know, we're on the computer a lot, but face to face, we're right there. How are we going to solve a problem? And that's exactly what this, this solves. It solves a really big problem because kids are lacking communication skills right now. And once they learn it, they feel validated. I mean, they're just excited themselves because they're like, we're able to do this. We can figure it out. We're not stifled. And it builds that relationship between those two kids because, yeah, maybe they're going to the mat because somebody took their pencil or somebody cut them in line or somebody, you know, stepped on their foot and and then they come at the end of it and they work it out together and they rebuild or built a bond now. So yeah. there's something about it that helps, you know, create relationships. Yeah. And as far as thinking about the solution-focused practice, the steps that I kind of go through is at first they gather the information without judgment of what's going on. And then they're going to think of a preferred future. They're going to say, 
you know, what, what is my plan here? What's my goal? What's my actual outcome that I want? And then they're going to sort into action. And this is a very similar ability, but it adds in there that, uh, that, important moment where they say how exactly how they feel and they have the ability to look right at the little mat because when you ask kids how to feel they'll be like I don't know bad sad happy and they're able to expand on that to be validated and then say what what do we want and most of the time they do want to be friends they just don't know how to get over the hump of the arguing and the yelling and the fighting and then instead they say oh I hate them they hate me and that's not true they just right. they they haven't learned how to really resolve that conflict. Now, before we got on air, you were telling me about your colleague that uh, had their middle school kids use this. Was, you got to tell me about that again. Yes. So my teaching partner, Christy, she's absolutely wonderful. And we had just gotten back from a conference. So she still had, um, you know, the mat uh, nearby. And she said one day her two kids were bickering and uh, middle school kids. And she's like, that's it. And she ran and she pulled out the mat and she had them on opposite ends of it. And um, they, they were able to work out their problem when it came, when they got to the end of it, to step three. And she texted me immediately and she's like, oh my gosh, we need to come up with a middle school one because it works for my middle school kids. Right. And she felt so good about it because she said, and it allowed me to, you know, not be the one who's accused of taking sides because yeah. they both got to be heard. And she just guided them through the process. And she's like, oh my gosh, she was so excited. Yeah. Um, so we're finding out it, it, it works in many, it, for many age groups. Yeah. She's like desperate. She's like, you guys just figure it out. And then she's like, wait a minute. They just did. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and we get a lot of requests for, you know, the husband and wife version. Yeah, that's funny. That's true. You're like, I think we need to take this to uh, our, our, you know, marital conflict. <laughs> take it to the mat. <laughs> so true but we all need to remember it i mean geez how often do we forget to just simply listen to each other let's state what our you know how we, we feel about it and let's come to a conclusion that works for both of us the most simple concepts can be the hardest things for us to practice and so you found you've taken a concept that's so important and made it practical and i just love that now for those parents that right now are, are trying to think about ways that they could kind of, uh, ways that they could maybe even do this right now with their children, you know, rather than just telling them, don't do this, don't do that. I'm going to tap into your teaching experience, your teaching. What advice do you give to parents that really want to teach their kids how to solve conflicts in a different type of way? Really taking the opportunity to let your child have that opportunity to speak with those open-ended questions of what happened and just being silent and hearing what they have to say. Like I say, kids are the best problem solvers and they're so um, connected to their hearts and to their feelings. But sometimes us as adults, we kind of tend to speak for them or we tend to um, make assumptions without just letting that child speak. And so it's, you know, just hearing them out and then um, asking them, you know, where's their feeling at in that moment? Taking that pause and letting them speak is everything. And it's yeah. so 
validating and it feels so good when you're heard. You'll so many of my students will be frustrated and they'll tell other kids, but you're not hearing me. And there's something to be said about that. We're not hearing yeah. them. So that very first step is almost the pivotal moment to to just say what happened and then shut your mouth, right? <laughs> Turn 1, on your ears. <laughs> yeah. And really listen to what happened. Yeah. And then um, what are some different ways that they can ask those how do you feel type questions to be able to help kids kind of move into uh, naming their emotions like we talked about? So one of the things that we do is, and I would say, you know, on your phone, you can easily Google like emojis. We always say emojis is the best because they need that picture of the face. Um, you'll see a lot of my students, yeah, they'll use their word, they'll use the word of I'm frustrated, but you'll tend to, when they have the emojis, they'll tend to point at two or three, you know, oh. um, because they have many feelings at mm -hmm. that moment. And so giving them the emojis allows them to pick out and point and then asking them, you know, what does that mean? And it's another reason why I designed the mat without having the, the words to go with that feeling is because to all of them, it means something different. Mm. And so we want them to be able to use their own words and their own language. Yeah. Um, so I always say you can get, you know, quickly download onto your phone, those emojis and have them pick that out. And, and once again, they're telling you they're leading that conversation. Yeah, because then they're taking ownership of it. Any type of communication when you're trying to help a child with a problem or with a stress that they have is when they begin to take ownership of the solution, then it's almost like it, it's a done deal because then it's not your idea, it's their idea. By having them name their emotion and not giving it a name and saying, but what is that emotion to you is a very important step how different would it be if we're like, oh, so you're feeling sad? Oh, so you're feeling angry? And then they might be like, well, not really so much. I was more feeling anxious, you know? So let them lead that is what you're saying. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, is really important. And, and then the third step, um, what happens if you run across a child that at that point, they've named it, they know what the problem was and they just are struggling with that solution piece how have you helped children to really grasp that? Yeah, and 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 that's why I love that it's a, it's a two way street there um, because you know if one person doesn't have an idea, the other person does, or if they get stuck, then sometimes the students around them will be like, "Oh, but you could do this," or um, you know they can ask, but for the most part, they get so creative. I can't tell you how many times. Kids are okay with a rock, paper, scissors, or they're okay with a high five, or they're okay with an I'm sorry. You yeah. know, I think it really goes back to, they just want to be heard. But um, I've had some really created, creative um, ideas come from kids on how they were going to work their problems out. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> I know I have too. And I'm all about them taking ownership of it. Um, I just remembered that one of the funnier stories that I had of a kid solving a problem. Um, and all of a sudden, these kids, they came to me and they're like, uh, well, I think it was like the principal that brought them to me. I think if I remember correctly, I want to say they were in third grade. And these boys were caught after school in a full on fight. Right. And 
I was like, well, what happened here? Right. So this one child, he says, that boy's been bullying me the whole year long. And so I made a deal with him. And what he had told him is that they were going to play handball up to 10. And if he beat him, then he could never bully him again. But if the the bully beat the kid, because he he was really, you know, thinking he was going to beat him for sure, then he could bully him for the rest of his life. <laughs> that was what they came up with. I was like, there's so many holes in this. I can't even, but the, on there in, in his head, he was like, this is a foolproof. I'm going to beat him for sure. Right. So then what happened? He lost. <laughs> this is unbelievable, Cheryl. That actually just happened in my class this morning, believe it or not. One kid was extremely upset because they said it was cleanup time and he was playing with the dinosaurs. And so the little boy came and got it out of his hands because he wasn't cleaning up. And so they were really upset. They took it to the mat and at the end said, okay, we're going to rock, paper, scissors. If I win, you could never do that to me again. But if you win, um, you could, you could make me stop cleaning all the time. And they were both okay with that. They were, Hey, this one was all good until we realized, wait a minute, you're giving the child permission to bully you for the rest of, that's not really going down. So let's back up and kind of rethink this whole, and it was the funniest thing because he's kind of like, actually, no, I really don't want to get bullied at all. And I'm like, all right, so maybe we should rethink this because, you know, once he lost, then he was like, no, I don't want to be bullied before you know it. They're arguing on the ground, they're fighting. But, you know, I still, I had to sit there. I said, you guys, I'm still going to sit here and acknowledge that you tried to problem solve. And I think that's great. Absolutely. So we're both seeing how important it is that kids can solve their own problems, that they can take ownership of it. Nobody can argue with the fact that they're overwhelmed with kids um, needing ways to figure out how to help themselves rather than us always solving the problems for them. And so I think this tool is the most perfect tool I've ever seen for that. Oh, thank you. And you know, there's something to be said about empowering these kids. You know, um, we get parents, you know, who will reach out to the teacher as they should and say, you know, I heard that this happened on the playground today, or they keep coming home and and saying this certain kid's name. And I want to make sure that, you know, everything's okay. And that's the great, another great thing about this, Matt, is yes, that situation may have happened, but your child solved the problem with that other kid. They weren't they weren't made as the victim, but they were given as the voice and now know moving forward how to advocate for themselves. And I think there's something that we want for our kids is, you know, I think parents right now are really worried about their child being bullied. And with this map, that that doesn't happen because- yeah every kid gets to state their case, every kid gets to be heard, and every kid gets to fix their mistake or or work on that quarrel with, with that other child. Right. Well, I mean, October's anti-bullying month, which we don't want to only talk about things during a certain month, but there's a lot of hype around what can we do about bullying. And basic communication and listening is sometimes the key to you know, helping when people understand each other and they have empathy and they know how somebody else's else feels. I've seen the same exact thing that you did, where as soon as that wall comes down, the solving the problem becomes the easy part. 
because they understand each other. I just say, you know, practically, someone who's there in the trenches, making something that's for all of us that are also in the trenches, I just say bravo to you. Anybody that's listening today, please jump over to the website and check it out. And uh, why don't you tell us all the different ways that we can find you? Um, Instagram is thinkingmats, at thinkingmats. Okay. So thinking mats and it's mat like you roll it with a T. So I would love for each and every one of you to at least uh, hop on that website and look at it for yourself. Um, if you don't get one for yourself, share it with your child's teacher, share it with your child's school. Um, this is just something that could revolutionize the way that we solve problems and it can help everyone have a more solution focused mindset, which is what I'm always all about. So thank you so much, Christina, for being a guest with me today. Thank you. And we'll talk later. Yes, definitely. And what's that website again? It's thinkingmats.com. I will have a link in the show notes. Also in the show notes will be my social media tags. I'd love for you to join me on Instagram. I try to be pretty regular with my Instagram posts. And that's where you'd find out um, all the little silly things that I feel like I want to say in the moment I kind of put out on Instagram. Many of you have been with me from day one. And I want to let you know I appreciate you so much. I have a new blog out right now on my website, thefocusedmindset.com. And I do it all for you because I believe that through learning more about how we can be solution focused, how we can find peace, how we can get more in touch with our values and our beliefs, these are the things that can help us have a more productive, a calm and a peaceful life. So it's time for us to get out there and end October strong. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.